Welcome to Let's Talk Ed. And we have been talking about campus safety and security and, and preparations. And we've been joined by Brad Smith, who, who lives in this world every day. And uh, we, we've talked about this at a very high level. We talked specifically about active killer situations. And uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about some of the sort of everyday things to be thinking about. And one of the realities that nationwide we face is, you know, a drug epidemic. And you're, you're seeing a lot of places that are, are making sure that they have Narcan on campus because, again, uh, college campuses are not at all immune to things like this. Yeah, it, it's a... Uh... It's kind of scary. Um, you know, fentanyl, which is the drug that is behind a lot of these overdoses, you know, other drugs being laced with fentanyl, you know, and it's unknown by the, by the person using that it has been laced. And it's a very, very potent drug. And because of that, and because the fact that it doesn't take a significant exposure to overdose, we have to be prepared. You know, and one of the things I encourage everybody is to become first aid and CPR certified, right? First aid and CPR certified. And then as part of that, you know, you will receive training in how to administer Narcan, right? Because if the person um, is in a medical duress and they're not breathing, we got to initiate CPR, you know, and start that process. And then also find a way to administer Narcan. And so there's there's an assessment that has to take place because the realities are that it that 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 these drugs are in our communities they're in our schools you know they're there they're present and it's not a matter if it's a matter when and so we we have a we have embraced having narcan readily available on our campus we have it um, at various locations in in boxes we have a partnership with the University of Wisconsin to provide that Narcan. We also give the Narcan out to anybody who wants it free of charge so that they can have it. You know, and I also tell individuals that, you know, there are cases out there where there's an accidental exposure, right? Somebody who doesn't use these uh, drugs somehow becomes exposed to them. You know, it, it's happened to first responders. It's happened to police officers. And the Narcan may be used to save those lives as well, right? So, Brad, are you, are you saying that we need to consider it uh, similar to how we consider AED equipment or fire extinguishers in, and emergency showers and eye washes? Is that how you're thinking about it and that's your advocacy? Yes. Yeah, for sure. You know, because it's there, it's present, it's happening. We can look at the data and know that overdoses are occurring and, they t and the trend is going up. And so there's a preparedness there. And it's not um, just 
to save the life of a, a, somebody using illegal drugs. It's also there to save the lives of responders or somebody that accidentally was exposed to a very dangerous chemical. And so Narcan is a very effective counter to the effects of those drugs such as fentanyl. And it, as far as I understand, I'm not a medical uh, you know, professional or, or a chemist or anything, but certainly have received the training. And that is, you know, the training I've received is that Narcan is not going to cause adverse effects if it's given to somebody who doesn't need it. Right. You're not going to cause harm to them if you administer the nasal and they've made Narcan administration as simple as, uh, you know, afro-nasal spray. Right. You open up a package. It looks like an afro-nasal spray. You uh, put it up a nostril and, and then you, you you push it in. Right. It's a spray. <laughs> and um, and uh, if if the assessment is incorrect by the by the responder, no harm is done to that individual, right? If, if the cause of their medical emergency wasn't an overdose or wasn't caused by something that would be countered by Narcan, you didn't hurt them. So Brad, I want to zoom out a little bit and I want to talk about uh, something that, that you've touched on in, in both of the previous shows. And, and that is, you know, the, the personal responsibility that you have mm-hmm. Uh, you know, protecting yourself in an emergency and, and thinking in that mindset uh, for for your average college employee, what what are some of the things that, that they should be thinking about sort of on a daily basis to be prepared for emergencies? That's a great question. And, you know, here's what I would say to that. And that is that accepting, you know, responsibility for your own safety and we talk a lot about drills. Well, I'll tell you what, a drill is also thinking about it, right? Thinking about what you would do if this were to happen. Walking through it in your mind is a drill. If this were to happen, what would I do? Where would I go, right? And you start to investigate things. I was um, teaching at uh, in a university building that I had never taught in before. So when I entered the building, I started to look around and to see where the emergency exits were. I actually walked to the end of the hallway because there was a door at the end of it and it said exit and I opened up the door to see what was on the other side of it, right? So I know that if there's an emergency, I already have a mapping out in my head where I can go if, if, if I have to leave in a hurry. And a lot of times what happens is people leave the same way they came in because they haven't taken the opportunity to look around and see what other exits are available to them. And so what I would say from a personal responsibility is to pay attention to your surroundings, look at the information that's presented to you, pay attention to safety briefings, right? There's those individuals who are giving you a briefing to let you know when you get on an airplane and before you take off, they're going to go over a safety briefing and there's a good handful of people that aren't going to listen to it. But there are going to be people that are going to listen to it and they're going to be more prepared if something happens. There's a reason they're telling you this information because they know that there is a risk of it happening. It's a low risk, but it still exists. So take responsibility. Learn the safety procedures that are being presented to you, whether that's through a a formal presentation or whether it's being given to you in something to read or to watch. 
And I think that that is our responsibilities as individuals is to pay attention and read information. Uh, Brad, real quick uh, before uh, Chris cuts us off, uh, Mr. Timekeeper, uh, how can we keep our campuses welcoming yet make them safer without turning us into fortresses with boulders everywhere around doors and and doors that don't uh, open until you click for it to open? Do you have a sense of how you can keep the aesthetics, the welcoming environment, but also create a safer environment? You know, there's um, one of the things that I, I do when I attend trainings and conferences is, is oftentimes there's a vendor show connected to it. And in those vendor shows, there are things that are on the market today, such as, you know, a film that you can put over glass, right? Because we want that we want that welcoming feel in higher ed, but yet there are things that we can do that add a layer of protection. And that, that film that goes on fortifies glass, right? It will hold it in place. It doesn't make it bulletproof necessarily, but it will stop it from breaking and allowing someone access into that space. So I would say that, you know, we have to think about active threats as we're, de- as we're designing spaces. We still have to think about it, just as we would think about any other type of emergency. But there are, there are products out there that we can fortify spaces with that still allow us to have a very open, welcoming environment. And so that's what I would say. I would say, yes, you're still gonna follow all of these you know, codes, building codes, and you're still gonna have that in the back of your mind. But then there's also other things that we can do in the design phase, which still maintains that feeling of um, openness and provides a level of security. And that's what I would say to that. Yes, we're thinking about it. We don't necessarily have to fortify the building so it looks like a prison. We can keep it open. We can use products that are on the market to do that and still maintain a safe environment. Well, Brad, I certainly would like to thank you for joining us on the last uh, few episodes that we've had talking about very important topic campus safety and security. Uh, If you enjoy topics like this, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Brad Smith and Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.